Okay, another week, another episode. Hey, it's Dashiell Miller here with this week's episode of Kudin. We've got James loaded up in the back. Uh, what I thought I'd do is start off with a quote from one of the smartest people that have ever lived, at least here in the West, right? Albert Einstein. And he said, um, let me bring this up because I don't want to misquote it. There we go. The person who follows the crowd will usually go no further than the crowd. The person who walks alone is likely to find himself in places no one has ever seen before. So we'll talk about that and a problem with goal setting as soon as we get back. So the big question is this. How are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio, real training for real people in a real world. All right, let's do this. <clears throat> James, 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 James is over there, hiding in the corner. Whoop! look at that. I made you, like, head of the... Nope. <laughs> you took care of that. <laughs> He's like, nope. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so um, as I said, as we were doing the intro there, right, a little quote from a smart guy, right, um, uh, the um, the 37 Fundamentals course that we're running, right, is well underway. Let me adjust my camera here a little bit. It's well underway. And... Um, uh, folks are having some uh, some insights and breakthroughs and all that, which is always cool. Um, but one of the things that keeps popping up, one of the things that keeps kind of creeping in, is how much is going on, like, behind the scenes, right, when it comes to perspective, when it comes to our viewpoint, uh, our belief systems, and those kind of things, and how that uh, can can skew things, right? Not just our perception and what we think we're seeing or taking in or whatever, but even in the way that we define uh, goals that we set for ourselves, okay? And we have to be careful, right? Because the way we define something creates a limit. It creates a, it creates boundaries. It creates a ceiling, right? It creates a, uh, it creates a whole new set of limitations, and while we could argue that, well, at least we have something that we're aiming for, um, there can still be an issue, right? Uh, and, and I get it. Different people define things differently. In, in neurolinguistic programming, which is a, a big thing that, that I study, uh, our speech patterns and how we describe something, right? They're both a mirror to... Uh, to understand what's going on in ourselves in the background, right? Because we describe things based on our reference points, right? But it's also, it's, it's also, uh, it's also a chance to, to convey those things to other people. The problem that can come in is, is a, it's kind of a mismatch, right? Where if we don't understand the other person's receiver or machinery, right, and how they how they process the world, 
right? And we're only basing it on how we do things. Then there's going to be a disconnect, right? Well, the same thing happens for us, okay? And again, we're, you know, we're, we're looking at, at, uh, goal setting, but this doesn't have to be like a woo woo kind of, I'm, you know, I've got this grand vision for my life and I'm trying to, uh, build the Taj Mahal or whatever, right? This could just be based on our training, right? I'll give you a for instance, right? Um, when I got involved in training, uh, most of you know my backstory, or a lot of you at least know my backstory. Um, I came from a very, very dangerous background, right? And I had already entered into an occupation that itself was really, really dangerous, right? So I had very specific types of situations that I wanted to be able to uh, to handle, right, to be able to deal with, right? Had to do with uh, armed assailants, had to do with terrorists and, you know, trained killers and uh, and this kind of thing, right? It's very different from the person who defines their goal as, uh, I just want to be able to protect myself. And I'll ask a lot of locator questions, right? Um, you know, from what, right? Against what, right? What, what are the things that scare you? Those kind of things. And, you know, with, with a fair number of people, those questions either lock up their brain or uh, I get accused of being, I don't know, too nitpicky or too anal or whatever. You know, just whatever. Whatever happens. Okay, well, if we don't know what that is, then how do we know what tools to load up with? How do we know what tools need to go in the toolbox? How do we know what we're supposed to be looking for? Right? How do we know any of these things? But I have to admit that that kind of a goal is still more specific than somebody who has a specific belt rank in mind. I had a student once that um, asked her what her goal was, and she said, eighth degree black belt. And I said, wow. Okay, because um, at that point, I had only uh, like in my in our curriculum, I only had students that were you know first, second, going on third don, um, and so our curriculum was only laid out and specified up to fifth don, right, as to what the standards were and what uh, people were what what skill sets they were working on and what they were going to be able to do in a given situation against one or more assailants, weapons, not weapons, those kind of things, intuitive sense, uh, those kind of things, right? And so I said, I asked, you know, why eighth don? And she said, well, that was the rank that you were when uh, when I met you. So I, I was just going to aim for that. Okay. But there was, there was a, a lot that she didn't know. Right. So she was just arbitrarily picking a number because that's where her teacher was when she met uh, met me. Um, I'm still confused by that. But, you know, in lieu of for, for a lot of people, in lieu of knowing specifics or thinking about things deeply enough um, or coming at things from the perspective of what problem are you trying to solve? I guess something is better than nothing. Right. But where does the Einstein quote fit in? Right. If we follow the crowd, we're going to go no farther than the crowd. Well, 
culturally, and this is something that's come up in the 37 Fundamentals course uh, several times already, and if you're in it, you'll recognize what I'm talking about, that the person that we are today and the way we do things, the way we process things, given that we haven't just decided to make shit up on our own, right? And and that's almost impossible, right? We think that we're free thinkers. We think that we have free will and all that. But there's so much in the way of prior education, programming, uh, beliefs or whatever, and not just things that we've come up with on our own, right? But uh, uh, familial kind of things, cultural, social, whatever. And not just not just that people tried to, like, make us conform or that they, uh, you know, you know, made us do it th- things their way or whatever, but, you know, we're swimming in a sea of influence, right? And it's impossible to not be affected by those things, regardless of whether we think that we've picked and chosen things of our own accord, right? Left brain consciously, right? We're surrounded by things, right? We drive by how many signs a day, right? And our eyes, if, if the thing is in our field of vision, our eyes are registering these things, right? It's it's processing on the brain. So just because we didn't see the sign and didn't read the, say, the, the saying that's on it or whatever doesn't mean that it, we're not being affected consciously or subconsciously and unconsciously, right? It's the same thing with conversations that are happening. You know, they're in earshot just because we're tuned into the person that we're talking to or we're playing that video game or whatever doesn't mean the sound's not coming in and it's not activating the system and it's not being processed. OK, um, you know, again, you know, sight consciousness has a lot to do with things, uh, uh, audio consciousness, whatever. Right. But these things are still going on. Right. And some folks are starting to realize that. Uh, perception and view and belief systems and, and things like that, you know, that they're looking at where they might be stuck or whatever. And I had them identify which of, of a given, you know, set of eight life conditioners or uh, aspects of life, right? Um, where do they think that they're stuck, right? And so we talk about the things they come up with, but once we start diving into the why and the how and all that, we realize that there are these subconscious, unconscious influencers, right? So the crowd has a lot of influence over us. Even if we say that we're nonconformist, even if we say that we're lone wolves, even whatever, right? Um, And one of those things is in the way people describe their goals, their visions, whatever, however you want to describe that thing, right? When I say vision, I don't mean like hallucinations, right? I mean um, what it is they're striving for, right? And it, it doesn't take very much to start ferreting out how the crowd, right, how the group um, – <laughs> also conditions how far we're allowed to go, okay? Because we have statements like you can't have your cake and eat it too. Um, Close enough or good enough for government work, right? It's good enough. 
Uh, it's not my job. It's all these things, right? Um, James, you might have heard one or two of these things along the way. Yeah, maybe. Okay. And um, we we learn how far it's okay to go within our social group, especially our friends, family, people that we care about their opinion, right? Um, we, because, you know, we don't want to lose their acceptance. We don't want to rock the boat too much, right? Lest we be alone, right? Um, but it's only when we're okay with that, that we might have a chance to, uh, go as far as we can. Right. So this idea of, of setting goals is great, right? It really is. Right. But did we just stop with, uh, I want to earn my black belt. Did we just stop with, uh, when I grow up, I want to be a cop or whatever your, whatever your thing was, right? Uh, I'm going to get a job. I got to get a job, right? Need to make money. Okay. Well, how much? Well, you know, enough so that uh, you know, I don't have to worry about things. What things? Okay. So, uh, I'm going to do a, uh, a, uh, lifestyle thing based on like a, a fairly large goal, which is something that has to be happening on a regular basis for me. Um, hold on one second. I'm going to close my office door here. Sorry about that. My dog tends to hang out with me until the wife gets home. And since our teaching schedules are now askew, right? Anyway, so I didn't want him barking and going nuts here. So uh, anyway, all right. So um, uh, well, James, where was I? <laughs> um, the the defining of things, right? Was I? Well, right, it was a, something that had to be going on on a regular basis for you. Oh yeah, there we go. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to do this as an example, and then you know you can personalize it. Okay, so uh, I'm going to do finances because that's something that touches all of us. It affects all of us. Okay, and I know, right? Everybody has their thing about how far they're willing to go, um, lest they become one of those people, right? We wouldn't want to become one of those people. Right? What do I mean by that? Well, you know, everybody has their thing about the rich, uh, you know, doing their part and contributing their fair share and whatever. Okay? And we've had this discussion in the past. Um, you know, why do they have to make so much? Well, because as soon as you make a certain amount, then people that are looking for a free ride can target you for lawsuits and things like that. So, you know, lest you lose everything, you have to have a slush fund that allows for paying for legal fees and uh, settling things or maybe paying out um, and not losing your freaking shirt and ending up poorer than the person uh, who decided they were going to take advantage did. Right. So uh, I understand that being in business. But anyway, um, so let's let's do this. Um, we have a Japan trip coming up. OK. Um, it's not just any given trip. It's a training trip, right? So it's a part of my overall life vision, right? 
anybody that's that's gone through the life purpose discovery process with me, right? And I think in the program, James, you don't have to correct me if I'm wrong or anybody that's gone through it, right? In that, it's a recorded uh, program, but I think I share some of my own um, my own things with each of the exercises. Yes. Yes. The students are doing okay. So one of those things that has to be a part of my perfect life. Um, and this is not future tense. This is present tense and has been for shit, almost two decades, over two decades. Um, one of those is access to my teachers. Okay. Um, well, my teachers are in Japan or they live in different States or they do seminars in Canada, other countries, whatever. Right. Um, so unless I host a seminar and bring them to me, which has its own expenses, I have to travel to visit, to see my teachers or I have to get programs or pay for mentoring or whatever. Right. So it's one thing to say I have to have access to my teachers, but I also have to act on making sure that I'm regularly seeing my teachers. Right. So um, having access, everybody has access. Shit, everybody with a computer these days has access to some teacher, some mentor, somehow, right? Whether they take advantage of that or whether they're taking care of other things in their life to allow for that to happen are two completely different things, right? So um, what I had to do at a certain point was to decide what I needed, right, for that life to be happening, okay? So, yes, I have a mortgage and insurance and all the things that take take you know take place with having to um, have my home. Now, my wife and I share in those uh, things, right? Uh, we each have a car and all that kind of stuff, right? But then I have the academy, right? And that has its own rent and utilities and insurance and all kinds of things, right? So they have to be written down first, right? So instead of just saying I need to get a job or I need to do certain things, right? What is it going to take to maintain that? Right? So if I do the math, right, I come up with a certain number, right? And then my paycheck, right? Because I'm, again, I'm contributing to the house, uh, clothing, fuel for my car, uh, travel, right? Uh, family getaway, that whatever, right? Groceries, uh, those kind of things, right? And a buffer, right? Well, what's the buffer for? Well, the buffer's for shit happens, okay? Um, we had really great insurance when the fire happened, but there were still expenses that were not going to be covered, right? And to not end up in the poorhouse at any given turn, I had to account for the for for things, right? Well, what what kind of thing? Well, see, I've got this extra because I don't know what can happen, right? And so there has to be something in place, right? Um, now let's move on to part of the dream, right? So there's lots of these things, right? So how much do I need for? Well, I don't know. My, my vacations are a little bit more expensive because I like to travel. I like I'm I'm an adventurer. My wife and I like to cruise. We like to visit uh, other places where your history buffs and things like that. Right. 
So what if we take um, two, uh, you know, larger trips per year, like a week, because you know, she still works for the man. So um, she only has so much time off. Right. So we're going to do two of those. Right. Uh, seven to 10 day kind of getaways. Right. And then we're going to do um, every other month or every two months, we're going to do a weekend getaway. That's for us. Right. So we can spend time together and nurture our relationship, right? So what are those things, right? So just generally have some some price ideas because we've done these things in the past, right? And then I'm going to account for one Japan trip per year, right? And that has a price tag to it based on what I'm doing, what I'm doing with students, all that kind of stuff, right? And so I come up with a number. Now, could there be more things to that? Yeah, of course, right? But based on my life and for these things to be happening routinely that comes up with a number okay so now when i need a job i have a number i have to make that and or exceed that so that i can live the life that i really want to be living but most people don't do that right they need a job. They get a job. They agree to a certain amount of money because they need a job. Right? Well, what percentage of that life you really want to be living is that going to take care of? Right? Or do we not give it much thought? We just kind of accept that, well, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too, and you really can't do that kind of thing and you just kind of accept your lot in life and all these other freaking cliche statements that people make, right? Um, we're supposed to be ninja for God's sake. We're supposed to be warriors, right? Um, that means that we don't do things the same way everybody else does. That means that we take on challenges and hardships. Yeah. Well, the thing I really want to be doing, right? I don't have this degree or I don't have this education or I don't have this experience. And, okay, so, okay, you can't live the perfect life yet, but if you got that certification or you got that education or whatever, would you be closer? Okay. See, now we're back to the difference between needing to do something and being willing to do something because they're two completely different things. Okay. And willing to do something and actually doing it regardless of what it takes. That's something completely different as well. Okay. Um, and again, how we define things makes all the difference. Okay. How I define, and again, this is something that, again, that's coming up in the 37 fundamentals course, right? Um, the only promise that I'm making to the students in that program, right, is this idea of truth, right? Yes, there are these lessons that have been passed down for thousands of years, right, that are supposed to help someone become enlightened to the truth, okay? But see, that's a really piss-poor description, right? Because it should beg the question, the truth about what? Well, you know the truth. Well, that's impossible, right? If you're just looking for ultimate truth about everything and anything, it's not possible, right? Because, well, we're not goats. We're not amoebas. We're not spiders. 
we're not dogs. Well, what the hell does that have to do with anything? Well, because they experience life and reality on this planet very, very differently than we do. Right? I just took my grandson uh, this past weekend. My wife and I took him uh, to uh, we took him to New Jersey. So we took him to uh, medieval times. Right. He's almost four. So he's all about like knights and all that kind of stuff. So my wife dressed him up and he went and, you know, got a chance to see these things. And it was awe inspiring. You know, it's fantasy about a different time. Right. But then the next day we took him to a uh, sea life aquarium. And he got a chance to see jellyfish and he got a chance to see all these things, right? And again, what struck me was these things have their own reality, right? I mean, these jellyfish are just like moving around in this tank and these sharks and fish are just swimming around. And, you know, I heard a couple of people say, man, I don't have to worry about a job or nothing, right? I'd live in an aquarium my entire life if I could just swim around and not have any worries, right? Well, let people stop feeding them. And see what happens. But at the same time, they had a certain truth. They had a certain ring of truth to it, right? Because their experience of life is completely different, right? So the promise is the same thing that's been passed down for for eons, right? Truth about life as a human being. Truth about the human condition truth about how things can get in the way how we can build up facades and and expectations based on all these conscious unconscious and subconscious things that condition our experience and will in turn condition what we will experience if we don't understand or come to some kind of understanding about the process and how we can take charge of it and start creating things rather than just kind of existing and accepting things. Right. So um, again, right here we are with this idea that, um, you know, the way we define anything, right. Um, kind of puts a cap on it. Right. Um, you know, uh, let's let's pick a technique. Right. Since we're all or most of us are martial artists here. Right. Let's pick this uh, technique. Musha Dori. Right. Warrior catch. Right. Um, if you don't know it, it, it's OK. I mean, you basically get this person's arm out to the side, the elbows lower than the hand shoulder line. Right. And then we kind of come over the top of it, catch it. Right. Scoop it up, create this. It's a it's a shoulder dislocation. Right. Um, the number of students that are surprised after they learn that. Right. Um, the, that they're surprised the first time I reach across and grab underneath the arm to the skin or the sleeve on the back of the arm and then just pull through. Right. Um, and then explain that that's how things were done. That's how the technique was originally done when uh, you were fighting somebody in armor. Right. For Uroi Kumuj. Right. It, you know, it it throws them off because how very quickly. Right. We're we're introduced to something and we learn it and then our perception just locks in. Right. This is the official way to do things. Right. Like it's the only way to do things. 
right? Or black belts, right? We'll be doing something like an onikudaki or something. So the elbow's up higher and it's out to the side, right? And now we're cranking on the forearm to do things, right? Um, it, it moves the, the head of the humerus in the AC joint pretty much the same way. Obviously there's a difference because of the angle, right? But it's still this shoulder blowing kind of, kind of dislocation, right? And so, uh, we'll be doing something in class where, uh, you know, we're looking at the, the attacker escaping from it, right? And then I end up doing this, this thing, uh, where I'm, you know, pulling on the, on the clothing of the upper arm, but I'm moving the, uh, or I'm pinning the, the forearm, right? And, you know, they all jump to, oh, okay, so that's, that's, you know, how you save an onikodaki. And I said, but I, it's not an onikodaki, right? It's a mushadori. Yeah, but your arm is here and your hand is here and your, uh, you know, don't confuse what you think you see with what's happening, okay? Because at a certain point, he's slipping free. I'm simply holding his forearm in place with my forearm. And I go to yanking on his elbow, just like we were doing before with a mushadori, right? And again, eventually names just get in the way because ultimately what you're doing is that thing to the shoulder or this thing that we call the shoulder, right? Um, but again, definitions get in the way. And as soon as somebody learns um, the name of a kata, as soon as they learn the name of a technique, like learning starts to diminish, because what they're trying to do is just get the nuances to be able to do this thing easier and easier. And I get that, right? That's skill proficiency, right? But what is the thing that you're doing? Okay. And eventually names get in the way, which is why Hatsumisensei always said to the upper level people, right? You got to throw out technique. But he wasn't talking about throwing away technique because that's that gave way to all kinds of people doing shit, right? You're not throwing away technique. What he's talking about is tossing away name and form, right? Because it, it's going to get in the way. And so, but anyway, um, I don't know. I don't know. I might have diverged. Did I, did I finish up the idea there with the finances, right? Um, instead of going looking for a job, right? What do you need to make? What, what do you need to make to, to approach and or maintain the life you really want to be living, right? Um, you wouldn't settle for less, or maybe you would, okay? Because again, the 37 Fundamentals group, right? Um, when we talk about truth as a human being, what we're really pointing at is uh, there, there's a couple of factors, right? And we started this off in like one of the first classes, okay? Um when we're talking about these beliefs and perspectives and, and right view and, and those kind of things, right? Um, about ourselves, about others, either general groups or very specific people you're dealing with, about the world, right? And about the connections between those things, right? We have beliefs and perspectives and views on those things. So while we could want to live our perfect life, if we don't think that we are capable of doing that, we're going to have a hell of a time, right? Because we're never going to step up to doing more, right? 
um, if we don't accept that it's us and our feelings about ourselves, then we'll do something called transference and we'll blame the world in general. We'll blame people in general. We'll blame groups of people, you know, those people over there. Right. Or we'll put names to certain people um, as the reasons why we can't. OK, so we have to be clear of these things. Right. Um, and. The way our ancient teachings approach things from a warrior's perspective, and that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's an, uh, you know, a spiritual warrior or, a, uh, you know, armor and sword warrior. Um, we don't get to blame the rest of the world until we've taken personal responsibility and made sure that we're not in our own way. Right. So, again, how do we define ourselves? Right. How do we just define ourselves? Right. How do we define the world? You know, if we walk around going, you know what? People suck. The world is full of corruption. Right. And there's no way for somebody like me to get over there because I'm not willing to lie, cheat and steal. Wow. Okay. Then all you're ever going to see is corruption and people who lie, cheat and steal and your own victimhood. And that's just the way it works. Okay. That's not my belief. Okay. That's coming from somebody who was raised to be that personality type, that mentality. Okay. Does that mean I'm perfect? Nope. Still got lots that I'm trying to ferret out, which is why my goal for, for uh, how long I need to live is 108. Because in our Mikio training, the human being is supposed to have 108 defilements. And since I got started at 25, um, I, I've had to double and triple up on things. And I, I still have plenty of time that, right, I, I got to live that long um, to get them all worked out. <laughs> um, so anyway, and I hope there's only 108 because that's all I've accounted for. Right. <laughs> but anyway, um, so. Uh, goals I, you know what let, let's just leave this open for um the rest of the time here because uh i don't i don't want to be the only one talking so uh james who do we have on any questions comments <clears throat> no questions or comments julia and jimmy were on and said hi awesome jimmy's a, jimmy's a regular julia's a regular julia's always like like uh sharing our stuff and, and yeah. passing stuff around. I really appreciate uh, that because if it wouldn't be for folks like you um, putting the stuff out there so that other people could bump into it, you know, I don't, I don't advertise this. Uh, there's no, you know, money thrown into ad spend or anything like that. We're still bootstrapping this thing. So I really appreciate the folks that, uh, that share it around and uh, tell other folks um, that somebody, um, a sim, I think that's what he, his name is pronounced. Yeah. I, I apologize if uh, if I get that wrong, but um, he trains with somebody else. He's been training for a long time. Um, he has a couple of business ventures and uh, he does a bunch of things. And um, he had sent me something. It was either today or yesterday about um, something from a previous Kuden. He was 
going back and listening to some other episodes and whatnot. And um, something had really struck and he felt the need to reach out and thank me for the lessons and stuff. And, you know, the best way that you can thank me or, and this, this goes for anybody, right? In the martial arts world, we actually have something like this hanging up in the dojo, right? Um, but the best way that you can thank your teachers, your dojo, your mentors, right? Is to reference or, or refer or whatever others to them. Right. And it doesn't necessarily mean like, hey, you need to, like, you know, pay this guy for training. Right. Um, share around articles, share, you know, whatever. Right. If, if something really worked for you, um, I think that's really, really important. Right. And this isn't coming from somebody that you might share my stuff or whatever. It's not about that. Right. Um, I've always done that with my teachers. Right. I, I'll reference lessons uh, or I'll uh, share an article or a video or something like that. Um, because they can already say it better than me, right? So why not? I'll just send the thing out there. But I also believe that, and again, this is, this is part of my belief system because I'm, and here's, here's the thing as well, right? As far as definitions go, I think it's really, really important that we are very, very clear about the differences between beliefs, facts, truths, Right. Um, and not not conflate them. Right. So, well, I know that other people could have other beliefs that work for them. Right. Um, my belief is that we are all in this together. And I don't mean that as a cultural cliche. I mean, like we all share the same air. Right. So, you know. If you're in the same room with somebody that you can't stand, the air that part of the air that you're inhaling has already been inside them. Part of the air that's inside you will be inside them soon. Uh, we are passing energy. We are you know, genetic material, all kinds of stuff, right? So, and while that may gross out the germaphobes, right? It is what it is, right? Um, you know. Anyway, we'll not take that too far, shall we? Anyway, um, so when I when I say that we're all in this together, what I mean is there's a, there's a reference in Mikio, right, about Indra's net, right, and life is like Indra's net, right? Indra is this old Hindu deity, um, but think about a net, okay? Not a woman named a net. I mean, like a net, like a fishing net, right? <laughs> I'm trying to be as clear as possible here, right? And at each connection, right, at each intersection where the where the, uh, the the cord is tied, right, you end up with these squares, right, when it's all laid out. But at each junction, right, and you're creating these boxes, right? But there's just they're, they're tied, right? There's a knot right there, okay? In with the with symbolism of Indra's net, at each of those connections, it's not just a knot. There's a jewel. Right. And each one of us. Right. Is one of those jewels. Okay, And so you could pick any any petition, you know, particular spot. Right. Because you like the color of that jewel or whatever. But connected to that. Right. Are jewels. Right. Because these other intersections and then the, the whole thing is made this way. Okay, And. 
we're all affected every time one of those jewels moves. Okay? And in the, in the context of the teachings, they're either elevated, right? Or they stay the same and they, nothing ever stays the same or they descend, right? So they're descending toward hell. They're ascending toward heaven or perfection or you know, whatever. Right. Um, but the, the, the symbolism the truth that symbolism was pointing to is that it's impossible to elevate or lower any one of those points without affecting the entire net. Okay. Now, the farther away from that point, the harder it might be to see movement, right? But there's, there's still the whole net changes. Okay. And so, it is my belief, right, that if I take responsibility for making myself better to the greatest degree that I can make that, right, and I'm elevating myself, right, and I recognize that connection, then I recognize that those who are closest to me are going to be affected the most, obviously, right, but it's impossible for me to elevate myself without bringing those close to me within a couple of spe- a couple of spe- spheres, right? Two, three, four out, right? Maybe even more, more, right? But I'm going to draw them in and I'm going to draw them up, right? And some of them are going to take the reins because they're going to, because of my role as a teacher or role model or whatever, right? They're going to go, hmm, how does that work? Right. And then a couple of them are going to start working on themselves and elevating and say, say how that's working. Right. So I believe that it is my responsibility as a human being to share whatever will cause greater elevation or depth or whatever. For anyone that can use them. So in spite of, and I'm not doing it to spite anybody, but in spite of, right, all the shit that comes at anybody that pokes their head up out of the sand. Right. Because that's really what's happening. Right. Everybody secretly wants to be the guy or the girl who's in the know. Right. And nothing. (laughs) In my experience, because I'm not experienced in all vocations, but in my experience, um, that really stands out in the martial arts and self-defense world because everybody's got their fucking opinion about what works in a fight and what works for defense and what their favorite techniques are and blah, 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 blah. Um, I finally had enough of it that today I actually did. I, very, I was very professional and polite about it, right? Um Somebody made a comment on one of the videos that I was just wrong on so many levels, but they they don't point it out. Right. And please don't point out that everybody knows, because if everybody knows, then your strategy sucks because you're going to be fighting an uphill battle. Because if everybody knows that you fight a certain way and you fight that way, then that means that the other guy knows what you're going to do, which is fucking stupid. Right. Why would you fight the same way? Right. You don't box a boxer you don't wrestle a wrestler right he's already good at that why 
well, that's the rules. No, only in a ring is that the rules. That's not my that's not my sphere of influence, right? I'm not training fighters to go into a ring and win a trophy or a belt, right? You want bragging rights? Go do it on your own time, okay? For survival and self-defense, if you're fighting the same way he is, then you're an idiot, okay? And that's the politest thing I can say, right? But, you know, it, truth is truth, right? Well, that's your truth, Sensei. No, that's just fucking truth, okay? Uh, you know, we have rules of engagement, I was just talking to some other uh, vets about this the other day, right? Um, we have rules of engagement, right? Geneva Convention, Hague Convention, right? This is on levels for countries to be going to, to battle and stuff, right? Um, we, we all had to laugh about the fact that most people are, that talk about that shit are just ignorant of the fact that nobody has ever signed the Geneva or Hague Conventions until after we kicked their ass and made them sign it. The whole time we were at battle with them, the only ones following rules of engagement was us. And the fact that we still freaking won is just an absolute fucking miracle. So, anyway, so um, what I finally had to say to somebody very professionally today, I just need to get it off my chest, right? Um he, you know, just made this statement that I'm, you know, my, my video and the stuff that I teach and he, he must watch lots of videos, right? That is just wrong on so many levels that he can't even, you know, can't, doesn't even know where to start. I said, thanks for, thanks for commenting, right? Um, but I'll, you know, my experience as a former federal police officer, uh, private security specialist and, um, uh, what else? I oh, bodyguard and stuff like that, right? Um, with lots of experience. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I stand by what I teach. Okay, but you can feel free, since I can't find your videos anywhere, to post the link to where they are, so that you can prove that you know what you're talking about. And I'm more than willing to compare your CV to mine anytime. Not a problem. Okay. So I don't even care what comes back, but, you know, sometimes you have to spank the children and put them in a corner because um, you know, nothing like the anonymity of the Internet. But anyway, right, um, I, I really do appreciate those of you who are uh, like sharing this stuff out because um, it's it's. Uh, that's the height of, you know, respect and, and what you can do for somebody that, you know, is sharing or is giving you things that you can benefit, that you're benefiting from. Right. So um, and it counterbalances the other assholes. It really, really does. Right. Because they, they're really not serving anything. Right. Um, they're pulling on the net in the opposite direction. And in all honesty, we, we have to <laughs> we have to put in the effort. Right to at least keep things at a neutral status quo, right? So, but I'm here to help folks, right? So that's that's what we do, right? All right, James, what else do we have? Oh, Phil's on. Big Phil said good evening. Big Phil. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah. I was just talking to well, – I can't call him Little Phil. I was talking to Marine Phil, Um earlier because he's going to be actually coming on board here with us uh 
actually he officially came on board with us today. Um, he's helping me fire up uh, or restart because I haven't done anything since before COVID. Uh, we're officially restarting uh, the workplace violence consulting stuff like full on. Uh, so where you're helping with, um, you're, you know, you've got the reins for the stuff with the online training. Um, he's going to be doing that stuff over there. So anyway, uh, yeah. So look at that. Heard from both Phil's today. So what's up, Phil? <laughs> That's an inside joke, too. He said, I can't describe how helpful the Kuden podcast has been for me. I never would have seen myself making two seminars to train with you. Yeah, we talked about that at the last seminar, right? That, um, uh, and, and it's, it's those changes, right? I mean, it's just the, you know, not just wanting to do things, right? Not just feeling this drive. God, I really got to do this, right? Because, you know, you're a lone voice in the wilderness when it comes to, the number of people that that contact us, right? James knows he he's privy to the emails and stuff. The number of people that um, if they're not looking for everything to be free, right? And you know, so like I just had to tell somebody from a, on the other side of the country, right? I'm not doing it, right? You know, but 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 and then you know, wanted to play the whole capitalism thing and whatever, right? Um, I have almost 400 freaking videos just on YouTube. Right. Um, how many articles are out there on the Internet? Like over 600, I think. Right. Yes. Um, free ebooks, all that. kind. Of, I don't want to hear it. Right. That all I care about is the money, whatever. I mean, the amount of time, effort and whatever that I put into things. Um, yeah. No. I, I, no. Right. Um, but. Uh, you know, he, he and I were, were having this discussion that, you know, um, but now, I mean, uh, Phil, n- now that you've done two back to back, right? I mean, now, it's really funny, right? Because I would have never, until Phil and I had this conversation about the changes he made and Kuden or not, whatever, because he had to make the changes, right? Because um, there's lots of people that just listen to this and they nod in agreement or you know, they intend to do better or whatever. Um, but anyway, right. Um, but here's the funny thing, right. I asked Phil about if he was going to make it to the next seminar. Right. And now little prick. No, <laughs> now, right. He's got this little condescending tone to his voice. Probably like, well, of course. Right. Dude, I'm your teacher. You don't talk to me. No. (laughs) So, but what's funny is that, like, just from the fact that he came into two, right? You know, whatever, right? Um, I thought the biggest surprise he had was because he he came in from Iowa, right? Drove halfway across the freaking country or a third of the way across the country, right? To a seminar. His surprise was that everybody at the dojo treated him like he was just a member of the dojo. Well, of course, because that's who we are, right? Um, but I would have never known that the changes were that significant because we had the conversation about his changes after his response to coming in for another seminar and the tone of his voice, because that person 
not that they were indignant about being questioned about whether they would make it or not, but that tone, and I don't mean he was being disrespectful to me. You know, I, that's, that's my joke, right? Cause it, you know, it causes students to do their little thing. Right. Um, but he was so sure of himself that the question was a non-question. It was a, it was a non sequitur kind of thing. Right. That, is what speaks volumes, right? Because we joke about the respect thing, right? I mean, everybody knows where the line is and whatever. And if they don't, then, you know, they get to be okay and then they, you know, whatever, right? So, but um, when when a student makes a comment like that, that speaks to their belief about themselves, but not just themselves, their recognition of their ability to accomplish something just because they decided they would. And that's really where the Sanmitsu goes, right? We have these triple secrets of success and we have, we have all these classes about them, you know, and we talk about the channeling of, of, I know everybody says thought, word, and deed. It's really shoddy translation of things, right? It's intent, planning, which includes word and things like that, right? And action, all channeled in the same direction. Right. It's one thing to know the lessons and be able to regurgitate the words. It's a whole other thing to get to the point where that's now no longer something that you do. You do it because it's so much of who you are that you can't not do it. It has become the yeah, I'm going to that thing. And then you just do what's necessary to make it happen, right? Life changes occur, all kinds of things, right? Um, and it's not – now, there's a whole transition. We talk about this in, the, in you know, uh, in the training where for a while, you know, there there's going to be a whole lot of doubt in there because you're going to set a goal for yourself and then, wait, I'm supposed to set a goal, but I don't even know – where the money's coming from, or if I'll be able to get time off work or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Cause here's what, here's what the group taught us. Here's what the crowd taught us, right? You don't set a goal for yourself until you have everything in place that, you know, you can make it happen. But that's not a goal. That's something on my calendar, right? That's like having a goal. I'm going to wake up in the morning. Well, you know, you could die overnight. Well, I could die overnight. But I don't set a goal of waking up in the morning. What do I set a goal for? It's not even a goal, right? What time I'm waking up? No. What's going to be, what's getting accomplished tomorrow? That's going to dictate what time I get up, how much lead time I need, how I need to work my calendar tomorrow, who I need to talk to, work with, whatever, right? So, um, I, 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 don't, I don't know how to explain this. Well, I'll give you another example. Um, I just enrolled a mom and her 12-year-old son uh, into our six-week introductory program tonight, right? It wasn't like a goal, right? She called, right? And during our conversation, she was interested, but, she, you know, it, eventually, you know, I could hear her waning about whether or not she was going to do things or not. But, you know, if nothing else, for my son, Seth. Okay, great. Well, when I put together the information packet for when they came in, right, 
I made one, but I put information in there and a student application for both of them, right? Because that was one less thing for her to have to worry about. And I don't, a lot of people have already mentioned this to me. Um, one of my new guys uh, in the online program, well, he's, he's been off and on in programs for how long, right? Years, right? Well, Walter, right, during our conversation, right? And I always give people an out at the end of the, the, the conference call, right? Because, you know, you might need to figure things out. No, no, no. I, I don't want anybody to feel like I'm selling them martial arts programs, right? Because as soon as that happens, the defense mechanism goes up in their brain because they want to enroll in martial arts programs or they want to enroll in classes, but they're afraid that the teacher is going to, like, enroll them in classes. The hell, right? Talk about conditioning, right? We go into a store to buy stuff. As soon as somebody comes up and says, hey, can I help you with, you know, can I help you find anything? No, 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 just looking. Really? You just fucking went in to look. Maybe sometimes, right? I was just getting a rough idea of prices. Well, then say that. Well, I'm looking for this thing. I'm not ready to buy yet, but I'm just kind of getting an idea of what I might need, what the cost is, whatever. Great. I can help you out with that. Okay. But if you tell me right up front, I'm not ready to buy yet. Great. Okay. Right? Then I can give you a card afterwards and go keep me in mind when, you know, you're closer to that decision. Okay. Love to help you out unless this isn't your thing. Right. But we go into a damn store. Right. We've been taught to do this. Right. Nobody told you to do it. You just heard other people do it. Just like you heard other people uh, lie when they weren't paying their bills. Right. You know, something came up. Yeah. You needed to buy an Xbox instead of paying your fucking phone bill. Or not you, but you know what I mean, right? People can multiple all kinds of shit, right? And why is that a problem? Well, because um, I haven't elevated my position. Okay? I've looked everywhere for a job. Right? Yeah. I've tried everything. Right. I can't fix this technique. I've tried everything. Really. Not possible. Okay. So anyway, um, so cool. I've got a chance to pick on Phil. Phil's in Iowa, so he can't beat me up yet. Right. When he comes in for fall camp, maybe. So anyway. <laughs> uh, what else? Who else? Well, that was it at the moment. Holy crap. Well, that's not possible. Come on. Anyway, so here's here's what I want everybody to remember, okay? If we're not careful, now you can only define things to the to the degree possible based on what you know and what you can forecast for and, and things like that. Okay. But the more clear we can be with the way we define things. Right. Even if let let me borrow something from that student who said they wanted to be an eighth Don. Right. But I'm going to bring it because that's what the hell does that mean? Because in Japan, the way Hatsumi Sensei uh, was promoting and whatnot. Right. And that's that's him. Right. And this little trade off we had about the difference between my curriculum and the way people are promoted in Japan and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um you know, an eighth don was roughly equivalent to what 
our nidons have. Luckily, our nidons aren't like all about numbers. And those who are have left or, well, I can only count on what, three fingers over the past three, four decades, how many people were invited to leave the dojo. I say that very nicely. Okay. Um, if they're worried about numbers and they, they, they're worried about rank, they, they speak for themselves, right? Um, they say they're going all the way, but what the hell does that mean? Right? What does going all the way mean? I know what it means in certain circles. It's probably not something I want to know about. Um, but what does that mean? Okay. Cause to me, I'll be training until either my body physically cannot and my brain doesn't process the world anymore, right? Or I drop over dead. Like I could just be functional one day and whatever, okay? But, you know, illness, old age, and death will creep up on me as well. And, right, at a certain point, I may not be lucid. If I'm not lucid and I can't think about this stuff, then probably not going to be able to focus on it, right? If I physically can't do certain things, there's other forms of needs to that I can be doing. So I don't have a problem with that, okay? But going all the way to death, it's very different than what I believe at least one of these folks I just recently talked to means, right? What they mean is they're going all the way to the top rank. Okay, well... Okay, but what does that what does that equate to skill? What does that equate to your ability to um, produce results in the world? Right. I don't know. I can't speak for them. I can only surmise based on actions. And so, you know, that's all we have. Right. <coughs> all right. Anyway. Um, bum, 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 bum. who else? <laughs> I should probably ask again. So, Phil, did you get the new dates for our uh, for fall camp? <laughs> what are they, James? What are the new dates? Uh, they're in October now, right? Because I needed to get back from Japan. The new Japan, tri the new Japan dates, right? Um, and they they were shifted before I had that last thing, which reminds me, um, James, we need to get the link out to the um the informational class that I did um, on the Japan trip because we've gotten past the point of the folks who were given first dibs and we still have uh, plenty of seats available. So um, I did promise everybody that I would get that out. Um, so we can okay. do that this week. We'll, we'll get that out to everybody. Um, I just kind of explained what our trips are like and how and why they're different and kind of gave a kind of a bird's eye view about how and what we're doing what things uh, might be up in the air. And um, did I do cost during that one? thought I did. Yeah, yes. I did cost. Yeah. So, and that's leaving out of New York, right? So if you're leaving, if you're like uh, one of the guys that signed up that's leaving out of Ohio, um, we'll be adjusting for that um, unless the price of the plane ticket's the same. I, I'll have to look into it. Right? But the goal is to land in Narita within an hour or so of each other so that uh, – because I'm not going back and forth to the airport, right? We will move as a group. It's just easier that way. And um, we'll have to figure out who's doing just one week, one week or the other week, or they're they're there for the whole time. I did hear back from my friend. 
uh, who uh, has the guest house, and uh, that's all good, right? He's still running things. Can't wait to see us. Um, so you get a choice of sleeping in a western bed or doing the futon on the floor kind of thing because he has both uh, availabilities. Um, yeah, but um, uh, but so we the, the dates for that are now what? September 18th through October 2nd, right? Yes. Full trip. And then because that bumped into what fall camp was, we moved that. So what's what's fall camp? October 13th through the 15th. October 13th through the 15th. Okay. And if for whatever reason uh, you don't believe that you can make it, you don't, you know, whatever. Okay. You can't make it, whatever. Um, the theme, because of the timing of everything and because of, uh, like I normally do this after a Japan trip anyway, um, I do a data dump. Right. Because it sparks my memory because about mm, half to three quarters of the way through the trip with all the training that I do, um, my brain gets a little numb and note taking it becomes more and more difficult. So uh, after these trips, I do a recap seminar. And so that's that's the theme for uh, our fall camp. I will be doing a Japan recap um, during that weekend and basically compressing two weeks of training into uh what 18 hours give or take yeah right eight or nine hours on saturday and sunday and then the two hours that we do friday night um so if you can't make it well you still get your ass kicked i mean you can still partake in the training um (laughs) with some of the things that (laughs) that i did with some of the different uh teachers and soke and whatnot (laughs) while we were there so anyway (laughs) so phil you gonna make it for that He'll be typing it out so I won't get the attitude, right? <laughs> Unless he throw, throws a four-letter expletive or whatever in, in which case that'll be very, very clear. Um, I'm not waiting for him. <laughs> he doesn't type as fast as he drives. <laughs> I have no doubt, right? Yeah, I have no doubt. man. <laughs> He's gonna he's gonna break the sound barrier and leave parts of his car behind. Anyway, he said, "I will make the fall camp. I've already got it off See? from work." Right. So, and that's you know this this kind of leads to uh, like people creating beliefs that they have no basis for. Okay. Um, I think I, I told uh, a story in the past about my guy, Eric White, uh, who used to uh, he used to be the co-host, right, for Kuden all the way up to episode, what, 67, something like that. And um, the one year he had gone to Japan, it was 2004, he went to Japan and um, on Tokakushi Mountain, he let me know that that was a goal that he had set nine months prior at our Daikomiosai, uh, our January uh, New Year's uh, seminar. Um, and he had no idea where the money was coming from. He just decided he was going to just go all in on this, this process, right? No idea where the money was coming from. He had just gotten a new job, right? Had no, no time off. He might've ended up with, I don't know, a couple of days, whatever. Right. Um, but he was, he was the newbie. Right. And, um, besides the fact that like, money started coming in from areas that he didn't even account for. Right. Um, 
Like he even got an IRS refund check that year. That was like above and beyond. Like there was a, there was some, I think there was some kind of calculating error or whatever. And he got like an extra thing that because they had made an error. Go figure. Right. Um, but he was really worried about asking the time off, you know, cause he, you know, went in and I, you know, if I, if I have to, cause what he was trying to do was come up with ways to, ways to make it fair, right? Not just, you know, the employer just giving him the time or he wasn't just going to quit his job. If you won't let me go to Japan, I'll just quit, you know, whatever. Right. Um, he really started thinking about maybe I could borrow from future vacation time, right. And make it work out. Right. Can I sell back some of my PTO? Can I, whatever. I mean, he was really trying to work this, work this out. Right. So he had developed a plan um, kind of a, a negotiated compromise, whatever. And uh, so he goes into the boss's office, right? And he leads off with the, I've got this opportunity to go to Japan. I know I don't have the, the, the time off or whatever, right? And his boss cuts him off and goes, Japan, cool, right? And he never had to share the plan that he had because his body, yeah, absolutely, man. Holy crap. Bring me back something kind of thing. Right. So they actually like gave him extra time. Now he was working in sales. He, you know, was, was doing a good job. He wasn't like this guy that was just kind of going along for the ride kind of thing. Right. He was, he, he, cause he'd even upped his, um, his productivity and stuff like that. He was calling on, more and more prospects and, you know, whatever, right. He was doing whatever he could as a part of him generating the necessary money to go. But that affected the perception of the boss. So when he came to him with this thing, the boss was like, man, no problem. Right. They were like, everybody in the office was like, holy crap, Japan, because that was like a fantasy for a lot of them. That was, you know, something that they were like, you know, I, I think they gave him time off because they could live vicariously through him. I don't know how they would have done it for themselves, but if they could help him go, absolutely. So one of the things that we can we could have subconsciously learned from the crowd was to shoot ourselves in the foot before we even got started. To tell ourselves all the reasons why this can't happen or why they won't let me do it or whatever, instead of trying to come up with a bunch of reasons or a bunch of ways to make it happen. How do I negotiate with these people over here? Right. How do I, um, like my wife, you know, she, she not that she wouldn't want to go. She sees, you know, the expense and all that kind of stuff and the extra and whatever. But, you know, she also knows that either before or after I go, I'll be planning something for us. Right. So it's, it's, it's already worked out. Right. Um, it's not just like, how can I make people let me go? See how loaded that is. Right. How can I make people let me go? How can I spin a story that will make them feel sorry for me? So they'll say, yes, how can, that those those kind of thoughts are so loaded with something called a presupposition, right? 
Um, I highly recommend, I'm, I'm trying to do this more and more often. I highly recommend, I'm recommend the book called the gentle art of verbal self-defense, right? Uh, it's by Susan. Oh, what's her last name? It starts with an E. Either way, if you look it up, it's been around for a long time. The gentle art of verbal self-defense. There's a bunch of sequels. Start with number one, that title. Okay. Um, because it introduces one or two key pieces that everything is based on. Now, it's the, the general theme of the book is in how you handle people that come at you with verbal attacks or emotion-based attack, those kind of things, right? That kind of bullying, that kind of attacking. But if you could be just a little intuitive here, right? And look at the key pieces, right? In the first book, one of the first key pieces is about presuppositions. Okay? A presupposition is something that is in a communication. It's in a sentence or whatever that communicates without having to use the words. Okay? Verbal and emotional psychological bullies are really good at doing these things, right? Um, Gaslighters, really good at using these things, okay? Because they'll make certain statements, and then when you say, did you just say that I was like, you know, like if somebody says, dude, that test is so easy, even you can pass it. Did you just say the test was like super, super easy, or did you just call me a fucking moron? No, 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 I didn't use those words. Yeah, I know, but I heard what you said, okay? So one of the defense mechanisms or one of the self-defense techniques for when people throw out one of these presuppositions is you have to you have to get it out on the table, right? Because it puts everything back on them. Okay, it's a huge thing, right? Narcissists do this. It's it's huge. Okay, but here's the thing: can you catch yourself exposing your own? beliefs and things like that in your own communications and you listen to yourself when you speak. Okay. Now, not that you say the same thing that I just said earlier, but right. How can I get them to let me. Okay. That's very different than what kind of value am I already bringing that I can highlight to let them know that, look, you know, I'm worth this, right? I'm just asking for, you know, how can I negotiate for future benefits that I would be getting to do this thing now? How can I, how can I, you know, present things in a way that, right? But the question also is, what have I been doing all along that I can already call on, right? Um, one of my guys just left, just left a job. He was in the management training program because his direct manager was playing like infantile games, right? Little, just little passive aggressive kind of things. And he knows his own self-worth. So he said, I'm not playing these games. And I'm also not working for somebody like you. So have a nice day.
because he knows his own self-worth and he's not playing those games. And because what's he, what's he going to do? Stay? Because if he stays, right, I've, I've had jobs like this, right, where I worked that job because I needed to pay the bills while I was building my businesses, right? All kinds of backhanded shit was going on. I smiled and whistled while I worked. Meanwhile, everybody else is bitching about their job. I'm like, dude, get a different job. You don't understand. You don't have to be here. Um, I do have to be here because I chose to be here because I'm using this as an expedient to pay my bills while I'm setting up my business. The person here that doesn't understand is you. You don't understand that either you need to accept responsibility for the fact that you chose to come to work. You chose to keep the job. You chose to be here to pay the bills or whatever, right? You also choose to to submit or not submit resumes every day or fill out applications every day for a better position, right? Not saying quit and then don't do anything, right? And then bitch and complain because it's been three months. I didn't think it would take this long to get a new job. Well, that's why you line one up before you walk so that you don't leave yourself in a lurch, right? Um or the fact that, or the reality, is, I mean, it is a fact to me, but it's a reality that you don't have to be here either, okay? If I'm choosing to do something because it's an expedient, if I'm choosing to do something because I don't want to do the work necessary or move venture into the unknown or risk failure or whatever, at least we're being honest with two people ourselves and the universe because it's always listening anyway okay or god or however you want to you know uh, define that right so but to be pissed off and lament and be resentful and what it's not your boss's fault and if it is your boss's fault that they have a shitty workplace it's not their fault that you chose to stay they didn't chain you down they didn't put a gun to your head or your family's head so let's call it what it is. Be powerful people. I mean, there's empowerment in that. There's empowerment in acknowledging that I'm not willing to do the things I need to do to change the condition. And if you're working on it, then fine. I'm here as an expedient. I'm working on those things. Things aren't quite lined up yet. As long as you're not like this other student that I was just, former student that I was just talking to that, you know, um, haven't seen him since before COVID. And ask them about their what they're doing for a living and what's their what their um, uh, you know what are they doing right? Still working on the same business that they were working on 2018. What was that? Five years ago? Okay, if you're still working on it, but it's no farther forward. That's not working on it. Okay. Working on it means there's progress and T's are getting crossed, I's are getting dotted, right? Things are things are moving. It shouldn't be the same as it was. Still working on it is a cliche. It's a cop-out, okay? It's something you tell people because you don't want to tell them that I've been surfing YouTube and social media all day and uh, I don't have time for that shit.
So again, still goes back to definitions. Okay. How are we defining the goal for our training? How are we defining the life I want to be living? How are we defining the relationship and the quality within a relationship that we're having with our significant other, our friends, our kids, our self, right? Um, but it all, I mean, not that it all goes to definition, but that's, that's a huge part because the definition or the goal becomes the limitation and we can't help that. Whatever it is, it is right. But if we're focused on growth and, and mastery and things like that, as we move forward, we'll find out, well, shit, I was capable of more than that. Well, okay. Then just expand the goal or, you know, make it bigger. Now that might require that the deadline move out some, right? But the deadline shouldn't move because I was I was sitting on my ass and not doing anything, right? Moving the moving the goalpost because the goal got bigger, that's different, right? Or I might have to move the deadline out farther because I moved four steps forward and realized shit. Local regulations require that I have this, so I've got to process that, make that happen. That's going to take this amount of time, or I need a license or I need, I need more money for this over here, whatever, whatever. Okay. But again, we're warriors at a minimum. We're training to be ninja. And that implies, well, no, it doesn't imply it's written right in the scrolls. It's written in books. What adaptability, right? Okay. The one un Changing the one immutable principle in the universe is change. <laughs> That's pretty ironic, isn't it? The one thing that absolutely stays the same is the principle of change. Okay. And human beings, or not human beings, um, ninja are masters of adaptation. Moving forward regardless of the change. And sometimes the moving forward requires, I mean, I'm not wearing my nin thing here. No, it's on our, on our logo there, right? Um, it's not just perseverance. It's also patience. But sometimes you do have to go into a holding pattern because there's a train going by, right? Or whatever the obstacle is. You've tried going over it, around it, under it, whatever, or you don't know how to handle it at the moment. So you wait until the situation changes so that you can move it's kind of like being in front of an attacker with a blade right i don't have to rush in just because i got impatient we do that to students sometimes right we'll uh, change up the timing of things right um i'll stand there in front of them with this big old thing up above my head and um i'll just wait a couple extra seconds because it doesn't take longer than longer than that and they will either uh, chuckle or they'll, they'll start to flinch because paranoia is kicking in, right? They, they're worried they're going to be late, right? Um, or they'll actually verbalize it. Were you going to swing? Yeah. When I'm ready. Apparently, you can't wait. Okay. So, right, there's more skills than just. Okay. 
Anyway, all right. So anybody else? No, sir. No. Man. All right. Well, I guess I'll stop talking then, too. So Japan trip, September 18th uh, through October 2nd. We will split that week um, or the split the trip a week one and a week two. That doesn't mean you get to pick your week that if, if you if you can't do the whole thing, then ask for the dates for week one and week two, because um, I'm only going to the to the airport once in the middle if I absolutely have to. OK, because um, we have a full uh, full trip. OK, and then fall uh, camp is what? what is it again for fall camp? October what? 13th through the 13th 15th. through the 15th. And we already have the dates for Daikomiosai um, in January, our New Year's thing. So um, I think Lee and a couple other guys are making in for that. That is the week of, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, January 5th, 6th, and 7th. Is that right, James? Is that my calendar right? 5th, 6th, and 7th? Yes. Yes. All right. So we also have a couple of um, defensive combat handgun seminars coming up here, uh, 24th and 25th of this month, for those of you who are more local. Um, but I think that's it. So uh, the 37 fundamentals course is already closed. Um, once it's done here in another eight to 10 weeks, um, it may be released out as a do it yourself kind of thing. But um, then we'll see what, what's going to come up next. I, I, what, I, what I've been uh, playing around with is uh, doing a very tight knit, like no more than five students um, in a um, Mikio program, right? Um, where I would work one-on-one -on -one, uh, with folks. Um, I'm also willing to do that as, with a, a Ninpo kind of thing, but um, I'm not putting anything in place until I find out if anybody's interested in that, that kind of thing. So if you are, please send a uh, letter of intent or a letter of interest or something like that, right, uh, via email. You can just send it to our, our general uh, email address at warriorc at warrior-concepts-online.com and uh, toss your hat in the ring. Um, but it will be a very... Uh, personal, very close knit uh, kind of thing, uh, based on the nature of the of the training, and um, what I'm thinking about on the Mikio side at the moment, um, there has to be some preparatory things that are done. So uh, there's a couple of topics that I have kind of going through my mind. One is the Goshin Bow, uh, which is uh, generally uh, taught as like psychological self defense, right? Um, which may also include the go, the Godai Nodin, but probably just the Goshin Bo. Um, it's part of, kind of part of the 18 preparatory steps. Um, but uh, then there's also the 18 preparatory steps, which is the first phase of Mikyo training. Uh, there would be heavy prerequisites for people that uh, try to get involved in that. They would have to at least have gone through the Sanjishichi Dobon, um, and or the first seven steps on the path of a Buddha course that we have. Um, you could have gone through Ninja Mind, but um, you and I would have to have a conversation and um, be able to understand things at a very 
uh, minimum level when it comes to certain topics because I don't want to risk the, the somebody getting in because they think they're going to miss out on something and then turn this into some kind of weird magical new age woo woo kind of thing that will just it'll do the opposite and in all honesty waste my time and effort and screw around with the rest of the group so uh, I would make sure that whoever was doing that was was also qualified at that level okay so but if you're interested um, toss your hat in the ring and, uh, and we'll see what happens right and then we'll go from there okay uh, James anything else that you can think of that we need to toss in there no not that I can right. think of and I still won't see you at the academy until next week is that right well tomorrow night for class actually no, no because I have a uh, school thing with, for my son at, at the end of the year well fine but I have to <laughs> right. okay so uh, next Monday then at the academy all yes. right. Well, um, we'll need to schedule something Zoom-wise then to to uh, fill in uh, either tomorrow or Wednesday. Let me know what works for you after things are done. Okay. That's it, guys. Um, we're we're building things uh, big time. So uh, look for those and look for more videos coming out, all that kind of stuff. We crossed another threshold on YouTube. So um, you'll uh, hopefully once once they review. The, uh, the the YouTube channel, that's YouTube, the gods of YouTube, right? Um, you should start to see our stuff from our, uh, our uh, Dra Dragon's Den store showing up with the programs. And I'll actually be able to get back to linking to, like, resources and things that were given away and, and stuff like that in videos like we used to before they changed all their damn rules and algorithm and stuff like that. So um, we finally met that threshold. Um, and I appreciate everybody that's that's watched videos and commented and helped drive things um, in that direction. That reminds me, if there are any topics, uh, general self-defense, needed to weapons, whatever, um, that you would like for me to do, um, not necessarily, I mean, they could be 60 second or less shorts, little quick tips, tips or whatever, um, but just any anything that's, you know, 10 minutes or less or whatever that you would like me to cover. Um, to help you uh, get certain things, then, you know, let me know and um, I will uh, put those on the list and get some videos done. Okay. All right. That's it. Uh, James, I'll talk to you after everything's done. But for everybody else, I will talk to you next time on Kuden. Get more of Kuden Radio. Subscribe through your favorite podcasting site. Or join our clan of serious modern warriors at OnlineNinjaAcademy.com.